uh, this evening is a very interesting lesson. I pray that you all got the got the um, video I sent about strange fire, and that's primarily what the whole lesson is about this evening. And uh, you'll catch on to what I'm what I'm talking about uh, once once we uh, get get into the lesson. But I really want to thank each and every one of you for joining us this evening. I thank God for the ability for each of us to come in and have an open heart to be able to learn uh, his word, to be able to go out armed and get, stay on the battlefield, Lord. We thank you for each and every one that has gathered here today to be able to hear what you want us to say to them, Father, and so we can get equipped and go out and do as Acts 1 and 8 tells us to do. Father God, we thank you for each and every one that requests uh, healing this evening, Father, those that's down and not feeling well in their body, Father God, we, we just send, send out your prayers and the knowledge that you said in your word with his stripes, we're already healed. We just ask that our bodies catch up in our mind to understand you've already laid that out before us, Father God. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for the bread of life we, you've given us. Thank you for an open mind and open heart. Thank you, Father God, that we know that your word is all we need to make it through this world, Father God. And all the tasks and all the wars that we can ever, ever endure, Father God. We thank you for what you're going to do in our life. And and, and again, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all for joining. And like I said, the lesson's going to be short. The video that I sent out about strange fires, I have to go back and look at it. And earlier in the week, the Lord had really played, but last Wednesday, he placed on my heart strange fire. Uh, like I said, sometimes when we look around in the world and see all this stuff that's going on, I thank God that I learned at an early age who he was. And I've been able to uh, be obedient as much as possible. And when I wasn't obedient, he got me straight. I didn't die in my mess. He got me straight. I was able to repent, get rid of it, and go back and be obedient to what the Lord is saying to us. But so now, when I'm looking online, which I do, and even in our churches and some of the local people that's coming up to be preachers, everybody got their own word. But the God never changes. But so we have to be careful as to who we're listening to, what the people are doing. And uh, like I said, again, I'm thankful that I grew up in the church. And I know what's, I know the difference between right and wrong. And some of us, yeah, we grew up it, but we never took time to really realize who God is. And this, this lesson right here, if you all jump into, uh, we're going to go right into it. And it's in Le- uh, Leviticus 10 and 1. 10 and 1. Uh, Now, the Levi troop, you know, once Moses came off the mountain, Leviticus 10 and 1. And and first of all, I want to tell you a little bit about who the Levites were. We all should know that by now. But I want to just bring it up for those that might uh, listen to the replay and don't know who the Levites was. You remember when Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments and he come back down and they was just having a parallel good orgy? And the people had forced forced, uh, Aaron to build the calf. Because uh, Moses was standing up there so long, and they got scared. Aaron listened to the people built the mm-hmm. calf, built the calf, and uh, they were just having a good old time. And but there was only one set of people that was already instructed to be uh, the priest 
of, of the nation. God had already chosen them who they were going to be. And plus, they were the only set of people that didn't join in with the, the orgies and all of that. They didn't join. They, they kept that, kept it all clean. So when Moses came back down from the mountain and he saw all this stuff was going on, this set of people, God chose them to represent him as the priests, the priests of the nation. And now Aaron was, uh, Aaron has some sons. And this, okay. Thank you very much for joining us. We're just starting good. We're on Leviticus 10 and 1. And Leviticus 10 and 1 said, Aaron's sons. Nabab and Abihu took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense, and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So the fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. And we're going to go ahead on, and I want to explain this. Real, the, the whole focus of this today, of our lesson, is what is strange fire? And what does the Bible say about strange fire? What, what is it? And I want, as again, every lesson we should be able to relate the scriptures in the Old Testament to what is happening this day in the New Testament. Now, we, we do know between the old and the new, 400 years, they say, God didn't talk to anybody. But in the New Testament, he started a new way. In the Old Testament, you had to go to a priest or prophet. They're the ones that did the uh, interceding for God. You had to take the offerings and all and, and to the priest so he can go before God for you. But in this day and time, Jesus has paid the price and it's all an individual thing. But to go a little bit into the lesson, now the Hebrew word strange means unauthorized. Unauthorized, foreign or profane. God not only rejected their sacrifices, he found an offense that he's consumed two men with fire. Just because they, they didn't do what he said do, he had a commandment. God gives us a commandment today. And most of us don't live don't uh uh live up to it, but we we're gonna touch that later. Now, uh in the country where God's people live, uh it was all littered with altars, incense, prayers, animals, uh, rocks, fire, smoke. People were doing all kinds of things. And same as what they're doing today. And the people represented by leaders like Abraham and Moses and the priests and the prophets like Eli and Samuel. All the others without a broken or in, but a contrite heart. God refuses the offerings. That's exactly what the psalmist says. And that is... Uh, down to Psalm 51. Get Psalm 51. And this is David says, Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. I'm not going to read every one of it, but kind of put a star there, you all, and go back and read, read it later on. It, down to verse 15, David said, Open my lips, Lord. Let me go back. 14, David said, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. So get Psalms uh, 141 and 2. Psalms 141 and verse 2. It said, Let my prayer be counted as incense, before you and the lifting of 
up of my hands in the evening sacrifice. David is talking about prayer. You know, he's repenting of everything he's done. He said, Lord, let, let my prayer. It, our prayer is supposed to be a sweet sweet smell unto God. That's the incense that when we pray, that's the scent go out. In the Old Testament, God gave a certain way he wants this done. He told the priest to do it a certain way. And Aaron's sons decided to do it their way. And when they did it their way, God did nothing but he sent fire down from heaven and killed them immediately. Psalms 141. Now, let's get to Chronicles. Second Chronicles uh, 26, 3 to 20. I want to go fast with this because I want us to go ahead and end this lesson. Uh, but I want to make it clear. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verses 3 through 20. We all know who Uzziah was. Uzziah was a 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother name... I'm sorry, pardon me. His mother's name was Jokaliah. And she was from Jerusalem. He did what... He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He saw God during the seven days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. He does it today in our lives. Now, verse, verse 6 said, He went over to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jebeth, and Ashtod. He then rebuilt the towns near Ashrod, and elsewhere among the Philistines. He, he was obedient to what the Lord told him to do. And now God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal and against the Midianites. Now Ammonites, our cousins, y'all, the Ammonites bought tribes to Uxiah, brought tribute to Uxiah, and his fame spread it as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very proudful. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the angle of the wall he fortified them. He also built towers in the wilderness and dug many cisterns. Those are water holes because he had much livestock in the full in the foothills and in the plain. He he had the people working in his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile hands for he loved the soil. Now Uzziah had a well trained army ready to go out uh, by divisions according to their numbers and muster, uh, you know, and muster up or uh, kill up by J.L., the secretary of Messiah, the officer under the direction of Hananiah and one of the royal officers. Down to verse, verse 12. Now the total number of family leaders over the fighting men was 3,600. Just think about these numbers of people now. Numbers of people. Now, verse 13 said, Under the command was an army of 307,500 men trained for war, powerful forces to support, to support the king against the enemies. Now, Uzziah provided shields, spears, helmets, coats of armor, bows and sling uh, stones for the entire army. Now in Jerusalem, he made devices intended for use for the towers on the corner defenses for the soldiers could shoot arrows. Just think about he He had it equipped for his army. Down to verse 16. After Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. 
he was unfaithful to the Lord for his God and internal and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Isaiah, the priest with 80 other, Isaiah, A-Z-A-R-I-H, Azariah, the priest with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him. They confronted the king, Isaiah, and said, it's not right for you, Isaiah, to burn incense in the Lord, in the uh, incense unto the Lord. That, that is for the priest. The descendants of Aaron, who have become concentrated to burn incense, leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by God, by the Lord. Isaiah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priest in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he, he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. King Isaiah uh, had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous and banned from the temple of the Lord. Joham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events were, as you can go back and read it, all accorded into, prophet, into the prophets. Uh, now, verse 20 say, Isaiah rested with his ancestors and was buried near them in a cemetery that belonged to the kings. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You can read the rest of that. Now, King, look at this, you all. King Isaiah, when he was strong, had grew proud. That's where we fall sometimes. It always says, you know, that pr pride comes before the fall. We tell this story for a reason now. King Isaiah, when he he was strong, he was grew proud to his destruction, for he was un, for he was unfaithful to the Lord and his and his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. He knew that wasn't his job, but he got so arrogant. I call it arrogant, so prideful. He took the took the place of a priest. He figured he can go do this. He he could do he 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 almost like Satan would he he thought he was good to God and got the devil and God had to kick him out of heaven because he thought he was equal to God. And this is what God had to do to this king. He got so prideful, I can do this. I don't have to wait for no priest. I can do this and said but when he got that he got his own fire, he tried to go in and burn to the fire, and there was a few priests that knew, no, you were wrong. You can't do this. But some of us, what we do, we sit in church and we let these ungodly people do whatever they want to do. Whatever they want to do, and we just set it and shut up and set our mouth. And God knows we know different, but we don't do anything. We just allow them to do whatever, and that, that leaves an impression on us, but God will take care of them. God will take care of them because we, we, we don't. Now, let, let's see now. He had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And when he became angry with the priest, he got mad with the priest because they told him, no, you can't do that. That's when the leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord and by the altar of the incense. And Azariah, the priest, and all the other priests looked at him, and behold, he was leopard on his foreheads, and they rushed him out quickly. And and himself, he was ready to get out of there because he knew he was on his way to die. 
Now, what does the incense, we might ask the question, what does incense present, represent to us as a Christian today? Um, in Christianity today, incense has a ritual, and I don't know many Christian-based churches like the Baptist, uh, even the uh, Pentecostal, Church of God in Crisis, uh, even Seventh-day Adventist, some of these other places that have their own churches. Uh, but I do know it's still prominent in the Catholic Church. Now, it, it may represent, it's like a sweet, it's a sweet aroma that symbolizes something pleasing and acceptable being offered to God. Burning incense is also a sign of reverence and dedication. Incense in the body as a funeral mass, you know, even when, when the person dies and they embalm it, they put a sweet smell, a sweet smell and fl fluid in their body so that would exuberate a sweet smell instead of a dead, a decaying word, decaying smell. Now, uh, this is the incense today can represent our prayer to the Lord. That's, that's what it is. You, you know, when you have a, a vessel, what they use was a sensor. What they had is a vessel that it kept the fire in. And, you know, normally when there's fire, there's always going to be some smoke. So in this vessel, they put a fire in it, but that fire came from the altar of the Lord. You couldn't make up a fire, sit up a fire. You couldn't go pick up some fire that you started yourself and put in this this vessel and, and, and take that before the Lord. He didn't want that. He wanted fire from his altar that he had told the priest to build. And so that meant when you go and try to present this smell, smoke, it was putrid to God. It was not welcome to him. So it was uh, uh, ungodly fire. It was ungodly fire. That's what it was. Now, a lot of times, even when we go to look the Lord with a sweet smell or sense, and we call that prayer, when we try to offer prayer to God, James 4 and 3 says, get James 4 and 3. Now, uh, he, God says to us today, James 4 and 3, he said, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. You spend it on your passions. We don't get our prayers answered because our motives are impure and wrong. God answers prayers according to his will and desires. Well, this is what we need to do. It, it can't be uh, strange fire. We can't take strange prayers to God. Bottom line, we can't take nothing prayer to God. There is a way that we're supposed to pray. Jesus gave us an example. But when we go to him, if we go with the wrong motive, uh, it, 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 in fact, it means nothing. I want to give you another example of someone in Luke uh, 1, verses 8 through 11. We all know who, who this prophet was. Uh, Luke 1, verses 8 through 11. Zechariah. Zechariah, it starts with verse 8, said, when Zechariah division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by the lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Remember all of that? You know, when the priest went in to, uh, behind, behind in the holies of holies and they went behind the veil to uh, speak to the Lord. They had this bell on them, and once the bell started ringing, they, the, the other people knew not to go in and go behind the veil. They would just drag them out because they knew if the bell stopped, they had to be dead or something. 
But during Zechariah's turn, and we know who Zechariah was. We know who his wife was. We know who his son was. I'm not going to go through all that, so you all should know that. Now, verse 10 says, And when he t- his time for burning of incense, all the assembly worships were praying outside. They knew they prayed outside for him. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. That's he was in right standing and God gave him a blessing when he went in before him to pray. And he came out with his mouth shut because he didn't truly believe. They say in the scripture that he didn't believe what God had said. So God shut his mouth. He questioned, how can this happen? How can this be? My wife is, oh, she can't have no baby. So God shut his mouth until John the Baptist was born. Hebrews 9 and 4. Let's get this. Hebrews 9 and 4. I'm going to pass that a little bit. I'm going to jump around. Now, the New Testament delivers conclusion how these censors, incense, and fire from God will ultimately be used. Revelations 8, verses 3 through 5. Revelation 8, verses 3 through 5. Because a lot of this we know already. And if we don't know, I encourage you all to take some time when you're doing nothing. Cut that TV out. Have some devotion time if it's nothing but reading the word of God. That is only way, the only way you are going to make it through this war. That's the only way. And in this boot camp, what we're doing is studying the word. We've been equipped. How we're going through this war. And, and we're fighting all this stuff daily. And we have ammunition. God has given us power and authority. But if we're not uh, 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 have enough wisdom to understand What's going on? We're going to go through this blindly. And if you walk through it blindly, walk through it disobedient, you're going to lose. A lot of times we die because of friendly fire. And that friendly fire is going to be somebody, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, dear, dearest friend, husband, child, anybody. Sometimes we end this while we die because we listen to what they say. Friendly fire can kill us. Friendly fire. We're on the battlefield. A soldier could be in the army. And there could be a a, a a a fight all of a sudden. Look at I know one one guy. Look look at the guy that David when David uh slept, slept with his wife. Remember David slept with his wife and and to and found out his wife was pregnant. And so what David did, you remember he sent sent him sent a letter back to him to his with him to his commandment. <coughs> Excuse me. I get excited because the Lord just gave me this example. You remember, he, he David sent him back to the battlefield with a letter to to his uh, commander to put him up front so he can get killed. You all remember that? That was friendly fire. His own his own uh, king said, "We, we I want him dead. Put him up front, and then everybody else draw back when the battle is high." At, at a high point. We, sometimes that happens to us, you all. We walk through stuff blindly because my daddy said this. I can't do nothing. Because my neighbor said it. I can't do nothing. Because my, even because my pastor said it. I can't do nothing. That's friendly fire. Best thing we could do is be obedient to what God tells us to do. 
I, I, I have no other way to accept to, accept to you. You best be obedient to what God said. And right now, there's so many new new versions and stuff, new ways and stuff that is being done. And some of us are old enough to know that better, but we don't know better. We don't do it. Now, in, late, uh, in Revelations 8, verse 3 through 5, said, Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people. On the golden altar in front of the throne, the smoke of the incense together with prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Verse 5 said, Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and heralded it on the earth. And there came perils of thunder, rumbling, flashes of lightning, and earthquake. My question to you all today is, are you burning strange fire? Is your worship about to God or is it to man? Have you created a cult of personality or a body of disciples? Are you worshiping God or are you pastors? That's me saying that. Who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping God? Are you worshiping your pastors? And the Lord has asked me to say that to you all because some of us, we're stuck. We'll never get out. Are you on your habit? You don't know any difference? Are you still doing? Are you still bring, trying to bring strange fire to God? When you bring that fire, strange fire, he's not going to accept it. He's going to, it's, it it's, in this day and time, I call it a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. We know so much about God that we don't know anything. We, we, we do it the way we want to do it. We do it our interpretation. We don't be obedient to what he is saying. We're bringing this strange stuff to him and thinking it's going, going to be okay. But God is, is trying to say to us that through the censors and incense and actions, posture, uh, we, 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 see, we see all this stuff in Scripture. God does not change. We're the one that needs to change. The only reason uh, that these people was killed, their disobedience in using strange fire, in the laws that was clear to use the fire from the altar. I'm sorry, did someone try to say something? In the scriptures, it was very clear that they were supposed to use uh, the fire from the altar that was set by God. Now, even even now, when Moses and Aaron were looking at each other, now, you know, Moses, Aaron did something crazy, but God didn't kill him because God had already called him to, to be a priest, the head of the priest. So Aaron had to, uh, God didn't kill him then, but he got him later. He didn't get to go into the promised land. Now, Moses was angry with Aaron when he came off the mountain. And his two sons for eating. The, they had all type of offerings, y'all. When you go back in the scriptures and look at they had goat offerings, burn offerings, all different kind of offerings. Thank God that we don't have to do all those offerings today. And if you're going back doing that stuff, that's not what God, God did a new thing when he saw the New Testament. He sent his son down. 
His son came to live among us and told us the new way. All we got to do is believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's to pay the price for all these different offerings based on the Old Testament. We don't have to do all the The only offering, and you know what, I, why, why I'm speaking this is one of the things that I'm seeing that we're doing, a lot of us has a sick body, sick minds, mentally, and I, I'm suffering for God. You're wasting your time. That's a strange fire you're presenting. You're going to end up dying. God don't need none of us to suffer him for us. We can't pay the price. Jesus already paid the price. It's a waste of our time. It's another form of strange fire to think you're suffering for God. That's not what the word of God tells us. You better get in there and read what God's word is. He wants us healthy, wealthy, and wise so we'll be able to help somebody else. A sick body don't do nothing for me. If you're sick, I don't want to hear it. I'll, I'll pray about it. God will tell me how to pray for you. But if you have your ears closed and you don't want to believe what God said, you want to keep offering him strange stuff, you want to offer him fire and uh, prayers from your altar and not from what he says, Jesus already paid the price. So there's nothing we can do. Nothing we can do to make God do anything for you except receive his son. That's what we have to do. Receive his son and believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and we'll get on. Yeah, we're going to stumble and make some mistakes. And when we do, we come to realize what our mistakes are. That's God to forgive us. What Jesus said, you repent or you die. That's what Jesus said. You repent or you die. Let's, let me go ahead on now. Uh, we are, hopefully you all understand the part of what the sensors are and how you burn the fire in it. But that fire, the origination of the fire had to come from the altar, what God has set in place. Matthew 6, verse 5 and 6. This is what Jesus said to the disciples. And I, I, I kind of follow this, you all, and I would suggest you all follow this also. Now, Jesus says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And we, we see that today, you all. We look at Facebook. We look at even television. We see these prayer people doing these magnificent prayers. They make you want to pop a lot and jump through a window. Some of the prayers that that's so truly. But when you have a hear, ear, you be, you can hear that it's a strange prayer. It's, we, we don't have to boost up God. We're supposed to come humbly before him. Now, uh, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, will reward you, reward you. That happens in our life, you all. We don't take a strange fire. We don't take something we done made up and started it. Or what somebody else done said, this is how to get to God. He said, it's on the way to getting to me. You got to go to my son first. Going on, it says, now, sometimes, you know, we make, we stumble in prayer. We make a mistake. Uh, we, we Sometimes we throw out these immediate requests. But Jesus taught that prayer should be more like a discipline something. Dis, like discipline. Something to spend time on and take seriously. Something to practice and develop. Prayer is a great thing. Whether we want to say thanks for what God is doing in our lives or share our deepest fears and desires, we say directly to him at any time we want. Prayer depends deeply on our relationship with God. Prayer brings us closer to him. 
He created us uh, with a need for connection. Prayer is our connection. Prayer is talking to the Lord. Just like friends talk to you. I talk to my sisters nearly every day. And I enjoy talking to my sisters because I'm way out here in Arizona. And sometimes I feel a little bit lonely. But when I can talk to my sisters and see what's going on out there. And I talk to other people. Uh, and they share their concern. And I'm able to share the word of God. But see, when we're, our, our innermost feeling is when, we're able, when we have a connection with God. We want to extend that connection to someone else that's lost in the wilderness, don't have an understanding how to get to God. So when we uh, pray, it draws us closer to God, y'all. It brings us closer to God. First uh, Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All this stuff we go through, God cares for us. He's interested in every detail of our life. He wants to involve us in him in every aspect of our life. He promised to listen, to help, and protect. He promised to be there. When we pray, he surrender. Uh, we surrender and release our thoughts, our worries, and desires to God. We pray because our prayer shifts our attention to him who is able to do, uh, I say, more than we can ever th- imagine. God does more than we can ever imagine. Now, I'm, I'm going to get ready to close this. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurable more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is working within us. In this world, you know, y'all is filled with all kinds of stuff, all kind of chaos. I'll, I'll listen less we thank God it was a, a, an eye opener for some and know that the little holiday that's coming up, uh, I, I think I put something on Facebook earlier this week. I, I grew up in the, uh, let's see, starting in the mid, mid forties, late forties, uh, when, when I was born and down through the years, uh, living in the, uh, what I say in the segregated community. That's how I was raised segregated community. In 1962, when, you know, when Kennedy was killed in 1962, there started being some little opening, some eye-opening situations. And then after we got released and uh, the act was signed, we, we were actually able to release and we started feeling like we might be able to accomplish something. Those that didn't know God did. You know, those that had the peace of God already, uh, like the peace of God with all understanding, you know, God goes above all the stuff that we don't understand, y'all. All All we got to do is listen to him and believe him. Understand uh, our hearts and he he knows our hearts and our minds. That's why he has his his, his son there. I look at the fact that uh, no matter what goes on, God always has a ram in the bush for us if we, we trust him. And believer, and it's not in the old in the Old Testament that people could not go to God. He had only certain people to go to God. The other people had to take sacrifices to the priest, offerings to the priest, so they can go present uh, it to God for them. I thank God for Jesus. All that went away. We can go directly to Him. We can go directly to Him, and all we got to do is an open path. 
open path to God through as long as we go the way through his son. We don't try to create our own way to do it. We go the way through his son in order to get there. Uh, Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7, 6 and 7 says, uh, Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says, we pray because prayer alleviates our weariness. We do get weary sometimes, y'all. But the word said, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. And I'll go back to it again. All of you that's tired of doing your strange fire, trying to do it your way. He said, come to me. You're aggravated, irritated, down and out, sick. He said, come to me. Don't 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 try to bring me no strange strange fire. Just go 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 to my altar, go to my basic. Understand the law that I'm not. I don't want to say the law. Understand the new relationship that I've given you. Believe that my son has already paid the price. You don't have to pay another price. He said, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." Matthew's eleven and twenty eight. We're gonna go a couple more. And that's about done. In Matthews 11 and verse 28 said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Philippians, uh, let's go. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if I want to do all of this one here. That one might be too long. But you can jot it down and, and do all of it at your own time. Delosh's... Uh, Five one through twenty eight. The T H E S S A L I A L O N I A N S. My voice is not is is given out. At the bottom, this I'm giving you the first scripture. Verse five says, "Now, brother and sisters, about times and dates, we don't need to write you." This is Paul writing. He said, "For you." Very well, that day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destructions will come on them. Suddenly, labor pains of the pregnant woman, and and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. On this day, should surprise it should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light of the light, and the children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep. That's what I ask you all. I beseech you all. I ask that to you all. Don't be asleep. But let us wake up and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. For those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober Put it on faith and love as a breastplate for the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. And I'm going to go all the way down to the very uh, last verse in this part here, which I truly love. Uh, the grace, and I pray to you all that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in everything that we do. God is faithful to his word. We don't have to make up our own fire, go get that fire from somebody else. God's already prepared an altar where we can get that fire. We get his fire and we bring our sweet 
incense of prayer. Once we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and we don't have to try to prove nothing to no man, God has already made us, and a lot of it we don't know, you all. We, we don't know how to do this. And we humble ourselves and say, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make it another day, but I won't give up. There are so many of us uh, that's given up. And my, my, it hurts my heart to know that people gives up or they have the fakeness. They have this fake fire. They, they're, they're attached to the old traditions. The old stuff, what people said, and you look at the the old, and you look at today's day, that it, it really wasn't God that was doing it. It's just a memory. I, Vera Glass, Vera Bryant Glass, can look back. I, I what, what did the word say? You know, I've been young, and now that I'm old. I can say this per, per, professionally. I can say this. I've never seen the righteous begging bread. My mama and daddy had 14 children. I never, 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 never saw my mama begging bread or my daddy begging bread for anybody. He was a man that worked. He had, he was a man of standard because his family was a people that came from generations of standard people. My, my mother's father was what was uh, Moses McLamb. He was a form of a priest because he used to sit in the courtyard and read the Bible, read the word of God to all the other black folks that could not read. He read the word of God from sometimes God chooses some of us to tell others. This is the way out. Leave the path. This is the way to get to Jesus. You go down, you go straight that road. It's, it's a narrow path, but go through that straight path. Narrow. Don't go broad, uh, uh, go all wide everywhere you want to go. You don't have to go all through all of that to get to him. You just a straight path, straight path. You don't have to go through abuse uh, and, and, uh, disappointment. Abuse and all of that. So you don't have to go through that. It's a straight and narrow path to Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to tell somebody that Jesus is the way. He is the only way. 